Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy. We've been offering a free podcast for almost seven years now to help anyone suffering with anxiety find relief. Now we want to help you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on how you can get the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Learn more about the Anxiety Slayer Academy at anxietyslayer.com forward slash support. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my partner and wonderful friend, Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. Today, we're going to be discussing six ways to help an anxious child ease back into school. Perfect timing here in the States. I know that my daughter is going back to school probably about the time this podcast airs. And Ananga, I don't know if uh, school is back in session where you are or not, but, but this is the time that the kids go back. And so a great time for us to be talking about how to help things be a little bit easier for our kids and, and of course, for parents as well, because it's a big transition. I think our kids are back very soon, judging from the chaos I saw in a shoe store the other day as I was walking past. (laughs) (laughs) I don't miss having to go in there and deal with that. Yeah, I remember as a child, I used to get really anxious towards the end of the summer holidays about going back to school. So I've been having a good think about what would have helped the younger me back then and seeing what we might be able to share to support our listeners with their children. The first on the list of six ways to help an anxious child is to help them with a breathing practice so that they're breathing with awareness. And as most of us know, one of the first things that falls apart when we're stressed is our our breath. We tend to hold our breath. Yeah, we hold our breath. We can hunch our shoulders up, shoulders come up around the ears, which is a useful indicator if you observe your child and you see that their shoulders are up, they might be really feeling some stress. Yeah, and you can make it fun for them as well. You can teach your child to notice their breath and, and ask them to check in at different times during the day. Are your shoulders tense and making friends with your ears? Are they up around your ears? Are, are they having tension in their mouth? Are they taking shallow breaths? And help them take a five-breath break. Counting really helps with anxiety, and five breaths is easy for young children to count. They can count on their fingers if they want to. And to fit that in as many times as they can throughout the day. So you could use things like traffic lights on the drive into school, different checking points during the day, perhaps when they open their laptop or a book to start work. They could just be encouraged to practice taking five slow, deep breaths. And I like the idea of breathing with them too and and making it more fun. And this podcast is certainly for young children, but it's also for for teens and older children as well, and can actually be used for 
young adults who are going back to college and have their first classes after the summer. But if you breathe with them and, and make it fun, uh, imagine trying to blow the leaves off of a tree or blow a cloud along. That's a real fun practice for the young ones, for sure. And rescue remedy is also a great help during this time. I plan on picking up a bottle of the rescue remedy spray for my daughter to have just with her in her backpack. If she needs it, she has it. And I know that we've talked many, many times about just adding a few drops of rescue remedy to everybody's water bottle, mom, dad, kids, everybody for uh, sipping throughout the day as we transition back into the routines that we've gotten away from. Transition time can be challenging in this time of year when, when the weather changes and gets cooler and the wind kicks up and uh, all of these things can factor into our minds being just a little bit more fragile and needing a little bit more support. Yeah, Rescue Remedy is so helpful for that. Spray's really ideal, just a few squirts under the tongue, four or five sprays. And I find the dropper bottles really handy to keep in the kitchen for prepping drinks. A cup of tea in the morning, you can put a few drops in that. Or as you said, Shan, add it to the water bottles for the whole family for the day ahead. It's good if people have got a spray with them, as well as you said, for your daughter. And then you're covered always round. You can't overdo it with Rescue Remedy, and it's really, really helpful. I think the other thing that is quite helpful is to have something to look forward to at the end of their first day of school. Uh, and, if, and if you've already had your first day, that's okay. You can still do this. You can still pick another day that's a special day to perhaps um, make or go out for a favorite meal or for a swim or a trip to the park, perhaps inviting a friend over. Whatever gives them that bridge to that beautiful time that they had in the summer oh, okay, there are still things to look forward to. Yes, I'm back into school. And, you know, look what I get to look forward to at the, at the end of this day. Yeah, I think it always helps the mind to have something on the other side of a challenging experience. Even if it's a trip to the dentist, it's nice to think, oh, I might go for a walk afterwards or I have a nice book to read afterwards, something to do beyond an uncomfortable experience. And I think at the end of the summer holidays for children, it can feel very final that that's the end of fun and now it's just work and pressure. Even for young children, they can feel that, you know, as they settle back into that routine, the fun stopped and it can feel a long time before it's going to roll around again. So just a little something to have at the end of the day or the end of the first week. And of course, that can be repeated anytime. It hasn't just got to be that day, but something nice that you can still do as a family, as we're transitioning over to the autumn and we've still got some nice light evenings, maybe a trip to the park or a walk, something that your child enjoys that you can do together to just keep a bit of fun and something to look forward to at the end of a day. When we come back, we'll talk about three more ways you can help an anxious child ease back into school. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy. We've been offering our free podcast for almost seven years to help anyone suffering with anxiety find relief. Now we want to help you go deeper by providing step-by-step -step support on how you can get the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Learn more about the Anxiety Slayer Academy at anxietyslayer.com forward slash support. 
So here we are, ready to talk about the, the next three ways you can help an anxious child ease back into school. So number four is allowing space for anyone anxious to be heard. This is so important. I think this is the most important. It's uh, very painful for a child to hear, you know, toughen up. You need to settle back in and, and to hear words that contain their experience or disregard their experience, no matter how lightly it might be intended or how much the parent's just trying to get on with so many other things in the home to deal with. Really important to hear the child and hear what their experience is. The start of a new school year can be really hard on lots of children, especially the sensitive and creative kids. And if we call them silly or tell them to toughen up, it only increases their anxiety. So space to hear them. And it can be integrated into family life. You can get them to come and have a chat with you while you're prepping the dinner or doing something in the garden, or they can walk with you while you're putting the rubbish out. It doesn't mean that everything has to stop but they really need space to feel heard and to know then that they have support when they need it. And I think it's important that they're always heard first before we try to fix anything, resolve anything, make anything better. Sometimes they just want to share their voice. They just need to know that we get it to the best of our ability and that we're there for them. Yeah, we can't fix everything, but we can be there. And very often we know as adults that's all anyone really needs is to be heard. I'm currently looking at a course for supporting people with trauma and what they need in the first steps after a big event in their life. And very often the first thing people need is to feel that somebody isn't sitting opposite them or standing over them, telling them what to do, what they need to do, what they should do, where they should go, but that somebody sits beside them and says, how can I help you? How are you feeling? What do you need? And it's the same. It's the same for all of us. That's all we need. We know it as adults how good we feel when a friend says, how can I help? I'm here and I care. How can I help you? And if we can just offer that for our children as well, then they know that they can come to us with anything. I think another point to make is that we let our children know that worry is natural. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them, that we all worry sometimes. And they need to know that, that you do too, and that they're not alone, because that's the, the natural place to go, is feeling all alone and feeling like there's something wrong with me, and why am I afraid or worried, or why am I creating all of these stories that are centered around worrying about different outcomes and things. Sometimes just letting them know it's natural and that it's okay, is the best thing we can do. Yeah, I think if, if children see us worrying about them and worrying about their worry, it really magnifies it, really amplifies the experience. And I remember this myself as a child. People would worry about me. I was sensitive, and I got worried, and then people worried about me worrying. Or it, it could be a crazy thing. I remember I was useless at sports, and it became such a thing because everyone was worried about me because I wasn't good at throwing around a ball and it would become a topic for discussion on parents' evening. This is when I was about eight or nine years old. I was quite young. But I still remember that was a big thing, that adults were worried about me. And now that sport has no place in my life whatsoever, no significance whatsoever. But then it was such a big thing that everyone was looking at me and 
worrying about me because I wasn't good at whacking a ball with a stick. So we have to be really careful as adults what we project onto our children. They need to feel that we have unconditional love and acceptance for them whatever they're going through and that we trust that they'll be okay and that they have the resources they need to be okay. And that leads to our last point is collecting PowerPoints. Because worry makes children feel very uncertain and can erode their confidence. As a confidence booster, it's a great idea to make a point of noting their best efforts and their good qualities. Catch them doing something that makes them feel good, that they can say, oh, yes. And, you know, they get a bit puffed up and can feel good about themselves versus catching them in discomfort or catching them not doing something that you want them to be doing. We have to note these best efforts. It makes all the difference in their self-esteem. Yeah, notice their triumphs and achievements. You can have a sticker chart. You can have a little journal for them to write down or draw pictures of something if they've overcome an anxiety about something or you know, done some homework particularly well, even climbed up a tree. Tell them they're brave. I have a friend who's a really great therapist with children, and he also happens to be a drummer in a rock band, brilliant drummer. And he one day was working with a child who was beside himself because everyone thought he was a naughty kid. And everyone would say, oh, you know, he's just so naughty. Well, of course he did that. He's naughty. You know, really unconscious talking around the child where that was really in his head and that was his personal CV for himself. So my friend being a drummer, always gets kids on the drums and lets them make a lot of noise. And this was quite a young child. So he sat him on his lap and took his hands with the sticks and did this crazy drum roll. And then he started bashing out a beat and chanting with the kid, Matthew is a good boy, Matthew is a good boy. And this really amazing drumming with him. And the kid loved it. And then I thought, that's so cool. He's drumming it in, drumming the good stuff in. Right. So we can be creative with the praise and and the way we work things in, you know, have a fanfare or a round of applause at dinner. If, if a child's overcome something during the day and you're having a family meal, then give him a cheer. Let him know that he did something great and he's doing okay. Really help them preserve the confidence they have got. Yeah, the more we can focus on what they can do, the, the less they'll worry about what they can't, especially if there's suffering, uh, feeling that cloud of uncertainty. Yeah, really is important to give space to hear and acknowledge where they're doing okay, and that will help them settle down. I know for a lot of parents going back at the beginning of the school year, it's busy, it's a transition for the whole family, and sometimes people may feel that there's one child that just requires you know, that extra energy and that extra time, and it may feel like a, a commitment and another thing to do, but it's so important. And even in, from a practical sense, if you help that child feel settled and confident and invest that time and energy in them, it will be a lower maintenance program in the future because they're just going to feel so much more comfortable and that they've got space to feel heard and you're going to feel that you did a, a good job as a parent too. Six ways to help an anxious child ease back into school. I'm so glad we came together to talk about this today, Ananga. And thanks to everyone for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We hope you found this episode supportive. And if you like what you've heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend or give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.
Anxiety Slayer has been offering a free podcast for more than six years. Now we want to help you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on getting the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Are you ready to take action against your anxiety? Enroll in the Anxiety Slayer Academy now and you can get started today. Visit anxietyslayer.com forward slash support.